Well, hello, and welcome in to episode number 47 of the Get Around podcast presented by Jimmy John's. I am your host for today, Jake Adnip. Joining me in the studio is the great James Cook and our special guest, 7 and 4's Harrison Beebe, who is filling in for, you know, our Brett Summers, who is going to be back shortly, but we're still not 100% on when the podcast will be back into his hands. So <laughs> Should be back next week, so... Hey, I don't mind it. I, I enjoy hosting the podcast, editing the podcast, so I'm glad to be in the host chair once again, and this is actually my first episode of the actual Get Around. The normal, the daytime Get Around? Yeah, so our, our hour-long show, so you guys better get used to me. Uh, my voice is probably... I'm pretty used to you. <laughs> I hope so. I'm pretty used to your audible, you know, talk about audible viewers, your audio level compared to everybody else's. We, we were sitting watching the Michigan-Notre Dame game the other night. A couple times, I didn't do it, but a couple times it was like, Jake, you can tone it down like a few notches. I'm pretty sure everybody at this bar can hear what you're saying right now. Oh, yeah, there was people across the other side of the bar giving me some looks when, of course, you know. Oh, Ryan Hayes' uncle? I yeah, think, was it was. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Hayes' uncle. I, I clapped a couple times when. Sanders Fry, TC West uh, boys basketball coach, was there. Shaved his. Uh, goatee so he looked a little different he looks like uh novak Djokovic. i figured this you out know you said that i almost like thought that when i first and met i know him and i noticed Saturday. that last night when i was watching the novak Djokovic highlights i was like that's sanders fry anyways back to the show <laughs> well this is the show that's the fun in it well I, my audio levels could be brought down i have to practice myself because now i'm the one who gets to edit you're this editing it. yeah, yeah it's yeah, all on so, you so now if it's bad it's it's all on me so i've tried to temper myself a bit but Without further ado, we do have plenty to talk about today. We will be getting into some cross-country, some volleyball, a little bit of soccer, and we're going to be talking about a couple football players who had some big performances this week. We also have a very esteemed guest, Traverse City St. Francis senior defensive back, Artie Dutmers, joined us on the Get Around today to talk about his time as a gladiator the season so far and what it's like to be in one of the top football programs in the area. So we were really, really happy to have him, and we will get to that just a bit later. But to get started off, we are going to put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world and get into the pulse presented by Jimmy John's. With two locations in Traverse City, it's Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. To get started off with, we will dive right into cross-country, fellas. And the probably the most dominating thing from this week was Charlevoix's Boys and girls cross country teams both really t- like swept the East Jordan invite, so they came out on top by over twenty five places in the boys, and I think it was sixteen places in the girls, which multiple top ten fi- top ten finishers for both of those teams definitely showed out in the smaller uh, invite this week, and there really wasn't much else going on for Labor Day with the prep sports week ending a little bit soon, so a lot of the cross country meets they get cut off into the middle of the week. So there was a couple of teams from TC Christian who have started off the season hot, and you were telling me about their volleyball team, James, uh, to get the season started off with. What did you What do you hear from them? Yeah, they've done pretty well in their first couple of tournaments to start the season off, and uh, they just seem to be uh, having a, a pretty solid season for them. Um, you know, they got Emma Mirabelli on their team, uh, the younger sister of Molly Mirabelli, so, so that's a good start. But they seem to get, be getting production from all over. And Harrison, you said you got a chance to go out and see them. Was there anything that stuck out to you in the, in the early season for? Yeah, I caught them last week. Uh, they took on East Jordan, I believe it was last Wednesday night. That night of that huge storm, well, one of the huge storms, because on my way there it was a virtual washout. But the point of going was to catch volleyball. And, and yeah, they they took uh, some close finishes in all three games. But I mean, that's almost more of a credit to them that they had East Jordan right there, contending with them each time, but still closed out those close victories. To ensure the three nothing sweeps, so uh, Sabers so far looking so good on the volleyball floor. And a lot of volleyball coaches do like to have that tight competition at the beginning of the season. I know I've talked to a few of them. They say they like to schedule those harder tournaments to begin with, so they can kind of get the jitters out of the way and mm-hmm. you know you get get those clutch moments underneath their belt. And Emma is a lot like her sister Molly uh, when she goes in for a kill, literally as the stat. It's it's tough to stop her. So you know that's a great asset for them. And she's is she a freshman. She's a freshman or a sophomore. She's a very young underclassman, so good future for the Sabres. Yeah, and back to their soccer team. The boys' soccer team has started off at 4-1-1. They just lost to Leland last Thursday uh, for their first loss on the season. I believe they lost 3-1. But other than that, they've been pretty much – they shut out two of their teams so far this year. They had a tie, obviously, but they've looked pretty good to start the season off. And, you know, Traverse City Christian is already out to a pretty good fall sports season. 
Yeah, I mean, and a three nothing loss to Leland is nothing to sneeze at either. I mean, Leland has been killing teams this season. Yeah, nine to one. Charlevoix nine to one. Charlevoix was supposed to be decent this year. So yeah, I mean that says a lot about how much closer they were able to keep it against Leland than a lot of other teams. And to stick with soccer, there's another school that has started off quite hot. The Buckley Bears are now five and zero, and I don't know if their coach really expected to go this fast this early. But they've already shown at one of the smaller schools that they have what it takes to keep this season started hot. Yeah, they uh, you know lost a lot of pieces from that state semifinal team a year ago, including Joey Weber, uh, one of the best goalies in the state. So you expect that you know not not not, wall. not knocking on I, I, I the name escapes me of who's filling in, in goal right now. But uh, not to knock on him in any way, but Joey Weber is just a phenomenal talent to even attempt to replace. So for them to be 5-0 so far, that means things in goalie are, are going just as good as last year. And uh, it's impressive to see those guys are, are still playing tough, even off the lofty expectations from a year ago. Yeah, and they're starting up a girls team this season, too, at Buckley. Um, so in the spring, they'll have a, a girls soccer team for the first time in a long, long time. So almost building a program over there at Buckley with soccer. Mm-hmm. It's it started basketball out, and soccer. Hey, <laughs> wh- whatever you can find your niche in, or niche in, it works out. I mean, some of those schools have those those niche sports that they're able to really succeed in. Um, you know, there's other schools in the area that, as we'll talk about in our e- interview with Artie Dutmers, that you know have success across multiple you know levels of sport, boys and girls. But there are schools, you know, especially that I've heard from up here. You know, uh, Brennan came really big at me with Buckley basketball and told me, you know, what type of culture it is down there. So, Well, Brendan was very pro-Buckley soccer and basketball all last year, and I think a lot of those folks uh, still listen to the get-around. Whether they miss him or not, we haven't heard that direct feedback, but uh, I'm sure they probably miss seeing him at games, even though he chastises their free-throw attempts sometimes during the school year. Now over to another sport that we has been going on in the fall season is girls' golf. Traverse City Central and Traverse City West did a three-day road trip last week where they went all the way downstate, I believe it was to Brighton, and then went up to Alpena and were supposed to shoot over to Midland on Wednesday, but as you said, those storms created a washout in the northern Michigan area, and they were not able to finish that third day of the invite. But one thing I just want to talk about is these two teams are, you know, the two biggest schools that we have in our area. Has shacked up, rode a bus all the way down downstate, and, you know, spent together? about yeah, three or four oh, days wow. together. That's and, cool. Exactly, and they took the road trip and they did it all as one, and it was a very interesting thing because there's some pretty good golfers um, between those two teams, and the D sisters really stepped up on the road trip. They went down there with them, and it was a, it was a long time, but before school got started, I know they were really excited to you know get that type of experience under their under their wraps, and even though they didn't get quite quite to finish their road trip, I know Coach McMahon has told me that. Getting the girls out of the area to play golf downstate before the season actually starts is probably one of the most imperative things that they could do because some of the teams up here aren't the same caliber as some of the girls who play up here. So getting those girls like the D sisters downstate for either one of those teams has proved well for them already. I, some some of those girls have already shot sub-80, sub-75s. I know uh, Ansi actually shot a career best. I believe it was 67. Did she beat Aunt, yeah, Aunt she, one of the tournaments? Yeah, she so. did. And that's why I mean. She beat <laughs> that's probably my right. favorite storyline for this upcoming golf season is who wins the state championship in Division One. But, no, as you were saying, uh, you know who probably likes that it's just as much as our teams up here playing them down there? They probably love the fact that especially in T.C. West's case, being defending champs and individual and team, that they're going down to their tournament so they can see the standard bearer of Division One golf right in front of their eyes. So it really kind of suits both parties to, to be able to work together in those tournaments here in the early season. And that's the first time that West got the D sisters back, too, I think. Right? Yes, it was. was they, for this. Yeah. Or at least together, because one was there, one was gone. Somebody was in Illinois. Somebody was <laughs> you know, still doing high school. So that was the first time that they got them back together, playing on the same course at the same time. So that's always an exciting fact for the Titans when they can see that happen. And so like I can say in the past two months, I've golfed with Annika as much as West has. Almost. Basically. <laughs> we went for a round at Bay Meadows for a feature segment in, in July. So We should have made it two. I'm probably going to make it a few more on her off days because I need some help with my irons. So. <laughs> it, only if she'll be willing. I'm sure they'll give some tips, but they can't give away the trade secrets. That's right. Or at least I can't. Maybe they can give them to me, but I'm, it's one of those swear to secrecy kind of... Uh, I don't know if we can trust tips. you on that. Pinky swear? Uh, I picture her swear. like Ty from Caddyshack. She's just very natural and just knows all the little things to do right and doesn't even realize the thing. But just, no, 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 you know, whatever you got to do. I gotta find that on Sundays because I don't have it right now. Calls you Betty. <laughs> yeah, well, that would be 
At that point, I'd probably tell you, yeah, we don't need lessons anymore. Oh, yes, it's done. <laughs> the last item in the pulse is the new co-op volleyball team of North Bay starting out the season hot. James, I know you have a little bit more information on this co-op and what's been going on out on the peninsula. You know, Northport and Sutton's Bay are combining forces in a lot of sports this year, a lot more than last year. You know, last year it was pretty much just the soccer teams. This year it's going to be volleyball, basketball. I don't know that they're going to do many of the other spring sports, um, but you're going to see a lot more North Bay teams, which which means Doug Perriard and, and the uh, and, and Josh Vandermeulen need to come up with a uh, a mascot for that team. You need so to find oh, a mascot. It, no, we've already figured out it. it's the the Fighting Norse Cats or the, the Wild Men. I could do the Wild Men. I don't fighting know, Norse, Norse cats. Norse cats sounds like some cheesy '80s cartoon. So like, why not? With like He-Man, yeah. yeah, like the Thunder Squirrels, yeah, mm-hmm. or Thunder Cat. You know, I mean, and think about all those minor league teams that have maybe, out of it, out of their nicknames. Like, they those could catch take, on. They could take those sell T-shirts. Some notes from a Frontier League team or two with with what's going on out there. There's some funny names, like you said, in minor league baseball. I mean, it is soccer or volleyball, but I don't think the Norse cats are going to work. Fighting, Norse fighting cats. Norse cats. That's my vote. Make but, it happen, guys. But we are the we are guys want United, I think. Well, that's the, that's the lacrosse the team name. I know. I mean, that's fine. I, if they want a professional name, that makes sense. But In general, I, I'm gonna always call them the North Cat. It'd just be nice to have a mascot to, yeah. to be able to break up uh, not having to call them the North Bay every every. Uh, yeah, the sportscasters and writers in Northern Michigan would greatly appreciate a mascot named for your team. So if you if you guys have some time. Get it on the next agenda. Yeah, you know, put it put it on the ask put us on, for reference. <laughs> hey, we're here. We could even do a citywide vote or something. Put it on Facebook. We'll figure it out. Okay. But yeah, they've started out the season pretty hot. Yeah, they've been doing very well. Um, and in the volleyball, they also have like Lillianaw St. Mary as part of that co-op too. So they've got three schools chipping in kids. Um, the North Eagle Cats. But they have starters from every single one of those schools on yeah. that team, which is really interesting to see three different schools actually produce varsity starters on, you know, an eight-person team. So kind of like team. the Bay Reps for volleyball. Yeah, so they've got Shannon Popson from Lake 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 mm-hmm. St. Mary. So, uh, yeah, they all three schools represented in the starting lineup. So, I mean, that's nice. And then they've got uh, co-head coaches. You know, Kelly McConnick was the coach last year for Sutton's Bay, and then Mike Kelly from Northport. So they're uh, they're running the team together, and things have been pretty smooth sailing so far. Well, I guess we'll see how the co-op goes for the rest of these sports, but... I think if they use, you know, what they've already done as a springboard or as a, a gauge of how successful they could be otherwise, I think it'd be in their obviously in their best interest to keep on, you know, figuring out the best way to put the best teams out on the court or out on the field. I think it's kinda like eight man football, how that's catching on in the area and all if these schools are having trouble, I think, hey, why not? If you can get the, the guys and girls out playing games every fall, winter, spring, even if it's with another school, hey, it's better than not playing them at all. So Props to them for getting this going. That is going to do it for the Pulse. Next on the docket is the Bulletin Board, presented by Jimmy John's. Two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, freak yeah. So to get started in the Bulletin Board, we have just a few things to touch on this week. First being a story that James brought up into over the summer. Uh, Kalkaska getting $150,000 new video scoreboard, and they're trying to present it this week. Um, you said that Justin Thorrington said they're putting up the scoreboard at the middle of this week and trying to have it ready for the weekend? Or Yeah, they're supposed to install it tomorrow and hoping that it's fully functional by Thursday and, and having it ready to rock on Friday night for the football game. And they're also debuting some new alternate jerseys against Elk Rapids. Uh, Elk Rapids is 2-0 and coming into this 0-2 game against Kalkaska. So I think it is Kalkaska's first home game as well, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So they obviously want to... Put a show on for the new fans with a new coach and everything. So I think that might do something with not only the new scoreboard, they'll have their intro videos that they told us about with, you know, all the music and what the videos that the kids had put together. And, you know, I know when I was in high school, when we got new jerseys or even if you got like a new sticker for your helmet or something, it just, it hyped you up. So with, you know, Coach Bigby coming in and trying to shake things up a little bit, I think it might give Elk Rapids a little bit of a run for their money this week. Another thing to note this week is another scoreboard issue. Harrison and I were actually down in Onekama last Thursday for the for the football games and following those storms last week. Um, if you did read my story on Friday, the Onekama scoreboard was struck by lightning and completely disabled, you know, rendered useless uh, for all of last week. And when I was talking to coach and the athletic director over there, they told me it could be upwards of eight weeks before they get a new scoreboard. So an entire season. Yeah, so the, that's what they said, the entire football season. And what they ended up using was a uh, the scoreboard that they used for volleyball that they put on the floor in the gym. 
for practices and such. So Harrison, we oh, can... I have terrible eyesight, so I couldn't. I had to zoom in with the camera every time to figure out what that was saying. Yeah, I don't think it had a clock. Oh, it had a clock. Oh, it had a clock, but no yardage markers or anything like that. Yeah. So it was really tough to keep along. Simple but stuff. they did say that you know they also they also had to drain water from the field, and some of the water pipes were messed up from underneath the field, and so they had a lot of uh, TLC to put into that field before they were able to host and beat Central Lake last week. Like I said, it's going to be at least another six, seven weeks till they get their own scoreboard, but they do plan on using a interim scoreboard that'll be bigger than the volleyball one, somewhere in between the two sizes, but not quite full size. So Maybe that's the rallying cry this year. They got off to 2-0 start so far. Maybe they're doing it for the scoreboard now that it's out of commission on the on IR. Or maybe they're they... winning this one for the scoreboard. <laughs> I was say, or maybe they just they have to keep scoring because they don't know how many points they put up. So putting up, yeah, just, like, just keep scoring. Yeah, just keep doing it. Who knows? We don't, we don't know. We haven't looked yet. Just, yeah. just keep putting them in. How much time is left? But uh, yeah, so Anakama is getting their uh, getting their field back in tip top shape. It the storms just did a number on a lot of places up here in northern of, Michigan. That was a uh, besides the summer of 2015, a couple years ago. A lot of our listeners will will recall that one. Uh, that one last week was right right up there as far as impact. So. Yeah, and it, it's showing on the sports scene too. Uh, well, yeah, and it, it it didn't. Thankfully enough, we didn't have a lot of cancellations or anything because a lot of the sports that and Baldwin went, and Bear Lake was the only one that was canceled. But that, that was because the weather. school was well. It was because the school was closed oh, because okay. of power issues. So then that's why they they canceled the game. So it was in a small way because yeah. of weather, but. It but just Baldwin goes also didn't have enough players either. Yeah, so game. so it was kind of a double whammy. Stuff, yeah, yeah, and I don't know. Maybe that maybe that delayed. Gaylord getting their turf in too. They could have. I mean, with how with how wet everything got, and yeah, with they were the hoping to have it this week, but they're still going to be playing their games at the intermediate school. And Gaylord is taking on Alpena, Alpena. this week. Two two and teams in the yeah. Big North. Big North Conference meet, not being able to open their home field. I'm sure they're a little bit disappointed about that, but nonetheless, trying to go three and zero and get that first B and C win. I'm sure uh, both of those teams are going to come in pretty hyped up. And one more thing on the bulletin board for us is this week, Traverse City West and Traverse City St. Francis Golf will face off on Thursday the 6th. You know, the D sisters, once again, we were talking about them, got a, a nice hype train going behind them. And then Hopkins from Traverse City St. Francis, she just shot a season best for them. I think it was a 77 or 77, 78. Yeah. Uh, 77, yeah. So there's definitely going to be some good competition in golf here later in the week. So everybody keep an eye out for that. That is going to do it for the Bulletin Board, sponsored by Jimmy John's. With two locations in Traverse City, Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fast, freaky fast Jimmy John's. Freaky six, yeah. hours, six hours, and there's like a minimum of 20 people working there every time you go in. So think of that productivity per hour. I mean, that's incredible. Oh, the sub-per-hour rate has to be you know, exponential at mm-hmm. that point. I don't know why they don't do those dollar sub deals every day because they have enough staff to work with that rate of people out the door. I, just mean, to I think you lose money on a dollar sub. Yeah, but think about the long-term potential. Maybe like $4 subs? Jimmy yeah, John's? let's meet in the middle. Yeah, that'll work out. I can do n- a number nine Italian nightclub. Well, Man. Jimmy John's is a lovely sponsor for 7-4 Sports as well every Thursday in the Sports Corner. I believe uh, you, you might be on the Sports Corner this I week, I think right, I Jay? might be making my, television lo- debut? My, my local television debut in Traverse City. So for all of those who have been waiting to put a face to this voice or a face to the words that you see on the paper, you might just get a chance to take a look at my ugly mug on 7-4 Sports Corner this week. You might. Or just hold your hand up to one side of the TV so they can just hear you and keep it. Exactly. Just keep me, a, yeah. keep me a mystery face. That's fine. But uh, once you guys see me, I can blur you out, actually. We did uh, editing training last week. I, I learned how to, I can pixelize your face like cops. That'd Probably actually... just as well. <laughs> right? <laughs> we keep yours fine. You've been fine the first two weeks. No, that'd be funny if you turn me into like one of the anonymous, mu- and anonymous I dub, music I your voices. <laughs> you can keep the voice the same because that's the only identifying factor. But if I just, I guess if my face stays completely anonymous, we got to take it out of the paper now. Completely anonymous to the people in Traverse City. We'll see what happens. Except Sanders Fry and Ryan Hayes' uncle. <laughs> anyway. Too, too late for them. Anyways, we are going to take this time to jump into our interview with Traverse City St. Francis senior Artie Dutmers. He joined James and I in the studio earlier today, so we're going to hop into that right now. And we would like to welcome Traverse City St. Francis senior Artie Dutmers 
into the studio with us. He is a defensive back for the Traverse City St. Francis Gladiators football team. They are now 2-0 and after just defeating Glen Lake 50-12, to I believe it was, last week. I mean, Artie, I know that was a pretty pretty big game to start the season off with, especially what you guys have been back and forth with over the last couple of years, a couple of close games mm-hmm. last season. I mean, going 50-12 to against Glen Lake, what does that say about the Gladiators program this early in the season? Oh, we're looking strong right now. We came off a big win against Class A Marquette Week 1, and we're feeling confident going into Week 2 against Glen Lake. So we just played our game. We got off to a little rough start in the first half, but things came together in the second half, and we, we played our game. Yeah, it was looking like it was going to be even more than was it 14 to nothing at halftime. Yeah. I mean, you had that one, uh, had the one bad snap when you guys were inside the 20, mm-hmm. so it could have been well more than that. Right, yeah. We got off to a little rough start. Uh, I think everyone was playing a little, little ditzy at first, a little... Well, off the game, but um, we got things rolling. We started playing a little bit tougher in the second half, and things came together. Our offense started looking a lot better in the second half, too. So mm-hmm. it's a good win. It's going to Glen Lake. Always a good win to go out there and uh, beat, beat Glen Lake. So. And you were playing with your backup center in that game, too, right? Yeah, Tommy Gallagher was gone. Uh, his brother's wedding, I think. Um, so we had Ben Mueller in that center this week, yeah. and he's, he's, a, he's a tough center just as well. Just a little jitters. So, yeah. Just um, a little jitters early in the game in that one snap, maybe? I think so. Uh, snap was a little high. Quarterback. Well, uh, mishandled it a little bit, but um, Ben Mueller is a solid center too, so uh, we trust him as well. So he's good too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the rest of the game, I mean, you kind of took it right to them, and I mean, uh, and that line was a big part of that. Right, uh, our line has been solid this year. I think this is one of our best lines we've had in a in a while with uh, Spencer Hathaway, Jonathan Beamer, Tommy Gallagher, Bob Wachowski in our two ends. Um, we're looking big and strong. And our holes are huge for the backs as well, so it makes our job a little bit easier on offense. So um, we're really glad to have a big line this year. Mm-hmm. Did you guys go into every game thinking that this is going to be a blowout? Um, we like to have confidence going to every game, but we can't. Our coach tells us we can't uh, pick the score out before we start the game. So, right. um, you know, we gotta we got to keep pounding. we got to play like... Uh, we got a good competition each week, so we play like that. Um, usually it goes well for us, but, yeah, you can't pick the score out before the game starts. Yeah, because a couple of guys that I talked to after the game last week, after the Glen Lake game, mm-hmm. didn't even quite seem happy with 50 points. Yeah, um, <laughs> we might have been looking for a little bit more, but that was just, again, the rough rough first half start, I think. Um, but I, th- I think everyone was uh, pretty pretty glad with the result in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody's complaining about a 50-12 to 12 win, I don't think. Well, obviously your offense has been pretty high-powered this year. 50 points ain't enough. We'll only kind of see how many is. But obviously you played on the defensive side of the ball. I want to talk about that a little bit. You guys have only allowed 15 points through two games. Point differential probably falls more on the defense than the offense at that point. So with the Class A school in Marquette and then even a you know pretty high-powered offense with some good tight ends and such in Glen Lake, how did you guys hone in to lock down those two teams and only allow you know 15 points as much as you guys scored in the first quarter of the last game? Right. Uh, our defensive uh, coordinator, Coach Valenza, always talks about stopping the run first. So we key in on that each week. Uh, we, we know who, who the assets are. Uh, that we're playing against on the run game, and then we focus in on stopping those guys first. But then we had guys like Drew Peterson out wide last week, and uh, and a few uh, solid wide receivers against Marquette too that we had to stop. But if we usually stop the run first, then uh, everything goes pretty well for our defense. And our defense has been pretty experienced for the last two years, three years now. So we got a lot of guys that we can keep rotating in, keep fresh legs um, throughout the game. But yeah, our defense is. It's looking solid again this year, and we're a big goal of ours is to keep the offensive side on their side down the whole game as much as we can. On the other side of the 50? Right. So obviously you guys have started 2-0 and with a couple of trouncings of, once again, a Class A opponent in Marquette, and then Glen Lake, that year-by-year thing that you guys always seem to you know, like to struggle with. But um, moving on into our next game, you guys have Benzie Central coming up for week number three. They are also 2-0, and probably... I think our only 2-0, 2-0 local area team matchup going on this week. But moving into Benji Central, they've obviously had a bit of a high-powered offense. They've scored a lot of points so far this season. How do you guys prepare for a team that you know probably be moving a little bit faster and have a little bit more offensive prowess than what you've already dealt with? Yeah, we got to ramp it up a little bit this week. we we got to ramp it up in practice and ramp it up next week as well against Benzie. But we're not too worried about it. We've been watching film on Benzie already. We're going to be watching that all week. But, yeah, we're just going to focus on stopping the run again this week. And I think we should be all right defensively against Ben Central. Your first three games have been on the road. And, uh, I mean, Coach Ellers didn't seem too worried about that. He, he kind of thought that, you know, you guys when you guys go on the road that you're kind of more focused 
on the, the task at hand. How do you guys uh, approach that? At the beginning of the season, we had five away games and only three home games until we got New Lothrop Week 9 which at home, which is a, a big plus for us. But um, on the road, no different than at home, I think, for us. We know Benzie Central doesn't like us too much, neither does Glen Lake. Um, so on the road, yeah, teams don't really like us coming in there, which just pumps us up even more, gets us going even more. So we, we like the road games. Uh, we like playing at Benzie as well. So we're excited for it. We're really excited for Friday. Yeah, at least two of those games are already not that far. No. Road trips. I mean, Glen Lake, Benzie. Nothing like Marquette. Yeah, Marquette was a big trek week one, but... Well, that, that's one thing I wanted to talk to you about is, you know, even you guys being a small private school, you guys do play big, you know, big Division One schools. You kind of go all over the board, one through seven, and travel all over the state to get it done. What is that like from an athlete standpoint? Kind of going year to year, not quite knowing exactly the level of competition that you're going to be facing, you know, facing up against. Yeah, well, we we want the best competition we can get each year. So we like we love playing the Class A schools like Marquette, um, and then we're really excited again for Week Nine against New Lothrop. They got a solid squad this year, I think. So that'd be a good game. But yeah, we we like playing the bigger schools. We think it's a good competition for us, and it prepares us better for the playoffs as well. Mm-hmm. And you're scrimmaged against BC Central and what Swan Valley. Yeah, Saginaw Swan Valley, the yeah, state runners up last year, I think. Mm-hmm. They were they were a solid team. They hit hard. I think they were probably the most uh, solid team at this that we saw at the scrimmage. But yeah, it was good playing against Central and um, Mount Pleasant and Swan Valley down mm-hmm. down Everything, the scrimmages. It's everything except for losing Nathan, right? Yeah, that that was a big bummer. Yeah, Nathan's not not too happy about that, but yeah, senior year and. Uh... Yeah, to break your foot in the scrimmage. Yeah, that was a big loss for us. Nathan really brought our defense together at middle linebacker. He did last year as well as he stepped in for Joey Mislakovich some some games, and mm-hmm. we're missing him a lot. But his little brother, uh, Aiden Schmuckel, came up from the junior varsities. I think he's going to do a really good job. And junior Andy Simons is going to step in there and do a pretty solid job in middle linebacker too. Now, we were talking about changing with you guys during the regular season, going up classes or up divisions and playing better schools. And me and James have talked about uh, there's – little rumor mill going on that they're trying to make private schools get bumped up a division when they go into the playoffs at the very least. Well, well there's a there's a petition I think yes. online going around that people want the MHSAA to, to bump private schools up a class or a division in the playoffs. I mean, you guys hear much about that, and, and what are your guys' thoughts on that? I haven't heard too much about that. I, I honestly heard that we were going to be in Division 7 for the playoffs this year when we were in D6 last year. But there's good competition in either D, D6 or D7. There's Ithaca, there's Plum, Westphalia, Jackson, mm-hmm. and Christie, so... We're just trying to get the best competition we can, honestly, and just win the next game. Do you guys get a Do you guys get a lot of gruff from other schools or or other athletes or parents or you know anybody like that for for being private school? Schools like Glen Lake aren't too big of a fan of St. Francis. Uh, Benzie doesn't like us either. But no, we don't have any hatred towards any of the schools in this area at all. We like all the coaches. We like the guys we play against. But it's all business on the football field. I mean, we just do what we do. Come out to win each game and just play play better than we did last week. That's our that's our main focus. So when you go into each game, you know, up in the area of the last couple of years, you guys have been almost the overwhelming favorite in the majority of your games. How do your, your how does your coach Josh Sellers and how do you guys prepare for not ever having to take the underdog role? How do you go into a game knowing that you're expected to be the top dog? Well, we always practice like we're number two, and we play like we're number one. That's a good mindset to have for all of us because we gotta, we gotta, we can't practice like we're number one. We gotta keep getting better each week, and then in the game play like we're the best. Just have that confidence going into each week. But we like being the favorite each week. We like having the target on our backs. Helps us play a little bit better, I, I think. Do you guys still have a the, the football team? Guys still have a uh, fantasy football league. I remember a couple of years ago that uh, some guys almost got kind of kind of got into a little, little uh, trouble over that. Yeah, they had a little bit of a. <laughs> they did some punishments for the loser that didn't uh, end up going so well in our school. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have we have guys doing fantasy leagues again. Um, uh, we're just playing maybe for like five bucks. Everyone chips in five bucks, but. Uh, no, we're not trying to get in trouble like the <laughs> the guys did a few years back. <laughs> yeah, sacco punishments do get off the rails yeah. every once in a while. Yeah. I think we could all all uh, be attested to that one. But I did want to talk to you about more about your team. Uh, I haven't had a chance to see you guys play, but James has told me about your kind of uh, you know dual headed monster at quarterback that you guys have with Colin Andrus and you know Danny Passano and. They both can throw, they both can run, but they kind of specialize in either one. So what does that do for your team, not only having two people who can be at the helm, but two leaders who are capable of really, you know, pushing that offense to the next level? Yeah, it's definitely great having Danny and Colin both at quarterback this year. 
Danny, I think, is a little bit stronger on the run game, um, which gives us a lot of more options on the offensive side. And Colin steps in there as a leader and throws the ball a little bit more than Danny does, I think. Um, so it's good to have a little dual threat at quarterback, I believe, that just gives our offense a lot more, a lot more options and keeps the defense guessing each week as we're putting in new plays each and every week for Danny and for Colin and for, for our running backs. But, yeah, they're both great leaders, both great guys, and we love having them both at quarterback this year. So it'll help you guys out next year, too. I mean, having Colin coming in, having already had that experience of playing quarterback at the varsity level. Yeah, I agree. He's going to get a lot of experience this year throughout the year and in playoffs as well. Um, so I think he'll be he'll be even stronger next year as a senior, and he'll be a great leader too. Now, imagine you were on the flip side, and you were the one facing not just Trevor C. St. Francis, but two different quarterbacks who came into a game as a defensive back. How do you prepare for you know that type of game plan where you really don't know who's going to be taking the ball from under center and, until the huddle breaks? Right. Um, I think that happened a few years ago with Palm Westphalia. When we played them in the, the regional finals, they had a good uh, running quarterback, and then another one, they threw the ball a little bit more. But it's just um, watching film, seeing what each guy can do, I think. Each guy can specialize as, as a runner or a passer. So pretty much just keen on each guy when they come under center and seeing what they can do and just, just trying to stop, stop them on the run or the pass. How quick of an adjustment, I mean, is that for you guys? I mean, what do you – I mean – you have to wait until they come out of the hut, until they break from the huddle. You know how how fast are you guys going to have to adjust to you know number so and so is a quarterback rather than or that guy. Yeah, Coach Ferlenza usually puts us in a, uh, a solid defense before the play even happens, so we're usually ready for whatever comes at us. So yeah, we we're pretty confident in our co- our defensive coordinator, and we're pretty confident in each other. We have guys that can stop the run. We have guys that can stop the pass. It's going to be hard to get some some yards on our defense, I think. And that's something I do want to touch on is I know I, I talked to you a little bit beforehand, but, you know, obviously the tradition that goes on at Traverse City St. Francis, you guys have, you know, I believe you just hit your 500th win. Um, you got so many state titles, I can't count them on my hands. But, you know, you growing up in the area and stepping into that type of program, what does the tradition that they've held on mean to you, and how does this year's team emulate what the Gladiators are all about? Yeah, I've been huge fan of St. Francis ever since I stepped into the school school program back in elementary school, second grade, I think. And I've looked up to the football players throughout my whole life as well. And stepping into the program in high school was a big deal for me and a big deal for the rest of the guys as well. It's a big, uh, big thing, I think, to be a football player at St. Francis. The whole community kind of comes around St. Francis football. And it's it's good to be a, a role model for the, the younger kids as well. And yeah, this team, I think, is a is a good representation of St. Francis football in general. I think we got a lot of good guys on this team, a lot of guys who are good role models to the younger the younger guys as well, and just a solid squad. We should be pretty successful this year, I hope. What is it that, the, that St. Francis does that you guys are pretty consistently good in, like, every sport every year for the for the most part? I mean, I, going back last year, I'm, I'm, I was thinking, and I'm like, uh, what was I was thinking, what was St. Francis' worst sport? And I couldn't think of a team really that was under 500. I mean, you know, even the you know the softball team struggled, but at the end they pulled it together and won district title. You know, what is it about St. Francis that that, that breeds that being good in uh, almost every sport and everything? Uh, you know, I know some people like to say recruiting, but I mean, with with open enrollment now in schools, mm-hmm. everybody can do that. So you know, what what is it about St. Francis that that, that breeds that? I don't think it's just having a lot of solid athletes at our school um, and playing uh, smaller schools like us as well. It's our coaches in each sport teach discipline and self-control and make us uh, better people, I should say, not just better athletes. And it's just St. Francis tradition to, you know, make yourself into a better person in each sport. And that's that's what kind of makes it special at St. Francis, I think, rather than other schools. Our coaches are, are more interested in in us as a person rather than us as athletes. So it's it's a pretty special environment at St. Francis, I think. I was, well, last week during the Glen Lake game, I was talking to the Glen Lake superintendent, Sanders Scott, and I was telling him, I was like, you know, if I was a football coach, and I'd probably be a horrible football coach, but uh, <laughs> I was like, uh, the one thing I would do is I would identify a couple of kids in middle school that maybe aren't top athletes, and I'd say, hey, you want to be part of the football team? Learn how to kick or punt. Yeah. You know, And you guys always have good kickers and punters and special teams. How much of an advantage is that to you guys that uh, the, the opponent is usually starting from the 20? That's huge. 
Yeah, back in middle school, I think Henry Carroll was our kicker. He plays tight end for us and defensive end for us now. But Quinn Werfel transferred, um, I believe it was our sophomore year over from Central. And Quinn Werfel, he's got a leg. And it definitely helps us um, when he boots it into the end zone almost every time on kickoff. And they get to start at the 20 each time. Um, and he also can punt the ball extremely well, as you saw in Glen Lake last week. So it's definitely an advantage to have him on our special teams and have the opponent start way down the field. I mean, if you guys turn it on like you did last week, you won't need to punt very much. I think James told me seven of your last eight drives you scored a touchdown. Is that correct? Something like that. I think you guys punted once. Yeah. And that one punt, I think. Yeah, and Quinn got it down to the, like, yeah, within that, the five. I yeah, think. like he had a good roll on it, too. Yeah. I mean, I think he took a hit. He did, I yeah. think he took a hit. You guys were wanting a late hit penalty, but right. he got a good roll out of it. He did, yeah. <laughs> He's got a good leg. And you guys had, and you had Buell before that. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, and he was always booming kickoffs out of the end zone, and, and you had the field goal opportunities, too. You know, when that, when that you know, the close games and that was a necessity, you always had that option to fall back on. I think special teams, I think, is an overlooked part of high school football. I, I've watched a bunch of eight-player football teams. I know they don't have, they don't have as many players – so they can't necessarily teach special teams as much, but I'm like, everybody starts at the 40-yard line. Nobody, nobody, right. nobody has a kicker. No, I definitely agree. Special teams is a big part of high school football. We learned that last year against Millington and the regionals when they, I think they returned like three kick kickoffs, which kept them in the, was, kept them in the game. Our kickoff wasn't too solid that game, but um, yeah, just having a good kicker like Quinn, it definitely helps us out throughout the entire game. Now... You know, St. Francis is a smaller school comparatively to some of the other schools like Traverse City West, Traverse City Central, especially the ones right in, in this city. You know, what is the challenges that, I know I know the the population percentage at St. Francis, more of them play sport than obviously at Traverse City Central or Traverse City West. What is the culture like of athletics, and is that one of the reasons why you liked St. Francis when you were growing up? You said, hey, you know, there's a, not even, you know, a few hundred kids, but you know, almost half the population is playing sports. Everybody is that type of culture. I mean, was that a culture that you looked into before you chose St. Francis, and is that something that you see now? Or, Yeah, definitely. I grew up with the, the same group of guys that I'm playing football with now, and they play, most of them all played basketball, football, baseball, lacrosse, and um, that's what we did pretty much all the time when, when we hung out when we were younger, and so we, we still do all the time now. But it's a, it's, it's a really good environment, I think, for an athlete when all the guys are playing year-round sports and you're just with the guys all year round in, in each different sport. And it's, 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 it's really fun. That's, that's a big reason why I chose to go to St. Uh, Francis in high school. Not only be with, with my close friends, but um, the atmosphere and the athletics as well. Of course. Now, we do got to get into my favorite segment of the interview, the wheelhouse, which is now presented by Jimmy John's. Um, just five rapid-fire questions. Give me your best best response. Uh, whatever you whatever comes to your head first would be awesome. We'll just get started off with our very first one, make it easy on you. Just because it's football season, what's your favorite football movie or TV show? Rudy, by far. Rudy? Yeah. Okay, okay. Now, I know you're a defensive back. Who do you emulate your game off of in the NFL, or who do you think was the most dominant defensive back in NFL history? I'm a big fan of Darius Slay right now. Okay. Yeah. Darius Slay. I, I was Slay. hoping maybe a Darrell Revis, some Revis Island or something like that. But I like the way Darius Slay plays his game. Yeah. Darius Slay is definitely a younger guy who who's kind of reinvented, you know, that defensive back, especially in this new generation, because there was kind of a drop off in the NFL with you know star defensive backs, and there's a new resurgence of guys who are coming out, and especially the guys who went in this past year's NFL draft. I feel like have a pretty good shot of turning into some pretty good defensive backs. I liked how uh, Darius Slay went to a high school football game last night, last Friday, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, he just, like, showed up. He tweeted out that he was going to go to some games in Detroit and just showed up at a high school football game and sit there and watch hey, on an off day. Football's football. Mm-hmm. I, I, any football junkie can tell you, any football will do. In the moment that high school football came back, that, mean that, that meant that college was, like, a week later, and then the NFL starts a week after that, so it's all, you know, it's all a lot of fun. Next question for you, RT, is your favorite pump-up song uh, pre-game. If you're going into your football game, what do you have to listen to before you get the field? Uh, favorite pump-up song? I couldn't tell you, honestly. I listen to a lot of rap before the game, honestly. I just put my headphones in before the game, just kind of sit down in the locker room. But no specific song, I don't think. No, I just hit it on shuffle and let it go? Just let it, let it go, yeah. Okay, awesome. <laughs> just kind of run with the flow. Yep. Now, this is kind of into the same deal, but do you have any weird pre-game rituals either in – 
uh, football. I know baseball, a lot of people are more superstitious, but any pre weird pregame rituals that you have to do in order to, you know, feel correct on the field? At St. Francis, we pretty much just sit silently in the locker room an hour before the game and just, we get ready, we get dressed, and then it's pretty much just put your headphones in and stay quiet. Complete silence for the whole hour before the game? Complete silence until kickoff. Yep, that's what we do. It doesn't get awkward ever. You don't have you don't look each other in the eyes. Maybe have a little giggle fest here or there, or anything like that. Sometimes it gets a little bit loud, but we then we, we we collect ourselves and get it together. Just put headphones in and you know wait till kickoff. Okay, so I don't know if you're a big video game guy, but it's coming right around time. There's Madden, NBA, and NHL. All the new games coming out. If you had to choose only one that you could get and play with your friends, which one would it be and why? I've never been a big video game guy. I got an Xbox, I think, two years ago for the first time. <laughs> but I like Madden. I think Madden. Madden's the best game. Yeah. You going to stick with football? I'd do you, stick with football. Do you guys on the football team ever stick it out and do some competitions with uh, Madden or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, we go to a friend's house, play Madden or 2K once in a while. Um, but not too often, but I'd, I'd choose Madden if I had to pick one, yeah. Probably gets pretty competitive through the football guys. Yeah, for sure. Everybody probably thinks <laughs> they know a little bit more, a little bit better. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Well... That is going to do it for our time with Artie Dutmers. We would like to thank you for joining us today, taking some time out of just before school gets started or school is getting started here. Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. Day. So uh, thank you for joining us, taking, I guess, your last day of summer to come down to the Record Eagle and spend it with us. Yeah, of course. Thank you, Artie Dutmers, for coming on this week. Um, some pretty good stuff there. St. Francis plays Benzie Central this weekend on Friday night. And uh, the guest interview is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. At Jimmy John's, they're freaks about fresh bread, meats, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. With another guest out of the way, another name on the board, it is time to hop into the Get Around Hall of Fame. For those of you who do not remember, we are doing things a little bit differently for this season. We have three players of the week, all who will be named the Traverse City Record Eagle Players of the Week, and we will induct one into the Get Around Hall of Fame via vote by the gentlemen who are in the studio with me today. So to get rolling, I will get started. Impressive performance that I was a witness to, so I would like to put Aaron Powers, the junior Onekama running back, up for the player of the week. He had five rushing touchdowns on 153 yards and a 53-6 to win over defending state champ, eight-man football state champion, Central Lake. So Aaron Powers, the way that he did it with just being an actual power back and running over kids, that's what impressed me. So Yeah, and what, what did I leave? Like three minutes to go in the first half, and I didn't see any Powers touchdown, and I get back to the office, and I see he's got five. So he didn't make our highlights on seven and four, but uh, he did some damage in that game. If he did, you would have saw some beast mode type of things, literally just plowing I'm kids I'm sure I'll be seeing him again. Down, I'm kind so. of circling the Onekama Sutton's Bay game in a couple weeks here as, as being another game of the week potential. Uh, my pick is the face that runs the place in Forest Area, the chase that runs the place, Chase Ingersoll. Mr. Summers was out checking him out on Friday night against Misik. Five rushing touchdowns, an interception return for a touchdown, 13 carries, 241 yards, and the Dubs, the Warriors, the Northern Michigan Warriors, that's where we should go, Golden State and Northern Michigan Warriors, <laughs> moved to four, uh, win 46-32 over Misik to move to 2-0 and on the year, and... Uh, Chase is a phenomenal football player, and you can see why in a stat line like that. So I'm putting him up as my player of the week. Yeah, we've seen Forest Area play twice already, and we've had pretty rave reviews about Chase from both you and Brett after you came back from those games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, yeah, the first week that game against uh, Brethren, I mean, that was that was just a great comeback by them. Down 18 to nothing, come back from that in the second half and, uh, and post a nice win. All righty, who do you put up for your player of the week, James? I'm going to go with Elk Rapids quarterback Cody LaFontaine. Uh, I mean, only in his second start on varsity. 18 for 21, 337 yards, six touchdowns, ran for another touchdown in a uh, 62 to nothing win over East Jordan. Yeah, that's a completion, completion percentage that'll get you to take a second look. 18 for 21, 337 yards. I'm, that's a one heck of a passing performance. Credit to the receivers, too. It was a great uh, catching afternoon, evening by them. Of course, now... Those are our players of the week. 
we do have to get a vote underway, and this is obviously going to be a bit of a tough one with some very, very outstanding performances from these football players. Um, really hard to choose, but, you know, Harrison, since you are our guest, we will give you the honor of voting for the Get Around Hall of Fame member of week two of the prep season. You know, um, just based, uh, and this isn't a knock in any way on East Jordan or Music, but I'm going to make my pick based on the opposing team they were up against, and Central Lake in no way wanted to go 0-2 in this football season, and because of Aaron Powers' overwhelming performance that has put the Trojans in that hole. Uh, so based on the credible win in the matchup, I'm going to go Powers' stat line uh, and put him in the Hall of Fame. And James, where yeah, would you have to go? I think I'm going to go with Powers as well, just given, like uh, like Harrison said, you know, the, the, the matchup of the two teams beating the defending state champions and, and coming up big in a big game. Well, I think that's going to make it pretty easy on me. I am also going to vote for my player of the week, Aaron Powers, to go into the Get Around Hall of Fame. Once again, a very, very distinguishable five-touchdown performance against the, f- uh, the defending Division I eight-man state champion, Central Lake Trojans. So congratulations to Aaron Powers, the junior from Onekama, on being inducted into the Get Around Hall of Fame. Just you know, do me a favor next time. Score some earlier touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. Make sure we get you on, <laughs> we'll get you on TV with Harrison next time and not just all this, uh, this talk. So congrats once again. And that's going to do it for the Hall of Fame and get into everybody's favorite segment where we get to have some fun, the trifecta. And, you know, guys, I was trying to think of something for my first episode, and it didn't, didn't start clicking. I thought, what's better than the first day of school? First day epi- first episode, and we talked to Artie earlier. He said school starts for Traverse City, St. Francis tomorrow. Some schools Oh, they didn't start Tuesday? No, most schools started today. Um, yeah. So it's first day of school, today or tomorrow. And my question to you guys is, is what is your favorite or, you know, least favorite slash most embarrassing first day or, you know, first school experience? Well, you can start this one. You went last. last I will. I will. I'll go ahead and tell you guys. I remember I went to uh, Divine Child High School in Dearborn, and that's about a half hour away from my hometown. So I went to a high school where I knew absolutely nobody, um, with the exception of one person who transferred or started there uh, the very first week that we got there. I knew absolutely nobody. And if you didn't know me back then, I had real long hair when I was in grade school. I played quarterback my eighth grade year, and I had real long hair, and I came into high school football, came into the first day of the high school, and I had the long hair, and everybody started calling me Sunshine from uh, Remember the Titans because I was some... Was it longer n- than this? It was about that, about that length. Maybe okay. it was actually probably longer. But, yeah, the, everybody started calling me Sunshine due to my out-of-area quarterbacking and long hair and I didn't take too well to that especially because I was not going to play quarterback in high school I was immediately transitioned out of the quarterback position playing linebacker and tight end and offensive line but they started calling me sunshine so within I'd say about a week I cut all of my hair off and it wasn't just because of that football of course gets too hot but I wasn't too fond of the nickname so that was a little embarrassment for me right on the first day of high school. That was freshman year, too. I didn't know anybody, but I broke through it. Everything turned out great. You know, I'm not Sunshine. I'm Catnip now. Hey. <laughs> yeah, it's your... Oh, it was your fantasy football team name. I just had to put something in there. Now it's going. I, I like my new one better. Anyways, James, what is your favorite first day of school memory or maybe even something as embarrassing as mine? Oh, I, I just... Every, every first day of school was just stumbling around and... Trying to, find Stum- stumbling. The, trying to find out where the heck I was and everything, because I went to like five different schools okay. throughout the years. Um, and uh, so, so you were always so, the new kid. I was always the new kid, yeah. So I didn't know anybody. I didn't, you know, and I had to figure out my way around these new schools and everything. Like in seventh grade, I went, we moved to Hastings. And like I had always gone to really small elementary schools as a kid and everything. And now in seventh grade, I'm going to this huge three-story junior high school where you have to go from one class to another class during the day and i'd never done that before yeah but the cafeteria probably made it worth it right a lot of options there yeah not bad not bad and you got to remember james you were what what do you say five foot one 110 pounds when you were going into high school oh like in high school yeah i was yeah i was not even 100 pounds yeah try to find your way through a crowd and through all the three stories where the hallways had to be pretty tough i could weave my way through a crowd like, like nobody's business but you know not necessarily always being able to see the uh, classroom numbers when you're uh, wading around in a bunch of huge people. 
Uh, I'm going to go... <laughs> I was trying to think of a really good story, and this is unfortunately the best one I got. Ran cross-country at Traverse City Central, and our first day back, back when I was in high school about 10 or so years ago, actually going on 15 now, that's how old I am, the, the high school and junior high situation, it was 7 through 9 was junior high. The high school and the cross-country team, varsity, I ran varsity as a freshman, but I was a ninth grader at the junior high at the time. So then my first day at the high school was as a sophomore, uh, so we reported to class, and it was just a half day back then. Um, and we went to practice afterwards, and that day we had one of the worst uh, workouts of the year. They were called Hill Circuits. So we ran, for those of you who know Traverse City pretty well, we ran from Central High School, which is the base of the peninsula. We ran the warm-up loop all the way to Hickory Hills, which is over on the west end of town. It's about four miles. And then we did six Hill Circuits that are 800 yards up, and then 800, yard, 800 meters, think like an 800-meter dash. So six of those up and six of those down, and in between doing those on the hills, we do interval circuits in the hillside there. So if you're over at the Hickory Hills area, you might be able to picture that uh, big open, I call it the gladiator field, because there's all those weeds that you can just kind of brush your hand through. Like oh, like the gladiator. Throwback scenes in gladiator. Yes, yeah. yes. So as the gladiator field, we do the intervals, and we did about uh, 12 400s out there, plus the up and downs, plus the four-mile back, to, uh, the cool down back to the high school, okay. and we go swimming. You're making me. You're making me want to vomit. No, that's why I'm bringing the story <laughs> yeah. up. So, and the real kicker of it all. So we go back, and we usually, especially in those hot days in early September, we'd end the runs at Bryant Park and go swimming. And we get back to the high school to change our lockers and leave. And I look at the clock, 4:15. So while everybody else had a half day on the first day of school and got out at 11:30 noon, if you were on the cross country team that day, uh, 15 years ago, you were at the high school until 4:15 on the first day of school because that four-hour practice. So that one always. Stays in my mind as a. And, and what happened afterwards? I, I had a great year across country that season, so that workout worked for me. I don't know about all the other kids, but as painful as it was, I had positive results that year. Anyways, good luck to all of the high school students, athletes, and hey, kids. junior high, elementary. Yeah, I mean, I, really, athletes all the kids that are at area. all levels. Yeah, good. Well, athletes, students, everybody alike. Good and luck. shout out if you're a college student from Northern Michigan, bringing the get around to your university, downstate or out of state. We appreciate you too. Uh, yeah, we really do. I I hope we can go worldwide. Yeah, worldwide. from LA to Tokyo. Yeah. So, anyways, um, good luck to all the kids, students, athletes. Teachers, administrators, everybody on their first parents. day. Yeah, parents too. They probably need it the most. Coaches. Um, on their first day of school, first week of school for the 2018-2019 academic calendar year. But that is going to do it for us here at the Get Around for episode number 47. I've been your host, and it's been a pleasure being with you guys for the very first time. My name is Jake Adnip here in the studio with me, Harrison Beebe, James Cook, as always, thank you to our Audible viewers for listening, and make sure to keep an eye out for our Get Around After Dark on Saturday morning and the sports newsletter that has just started up to start off the new calendar year. That'll also come out the day after football on Saturday mornings. So without further ado, we will see you next week.